Hey everybody, welcome to BOP, the Big Orange podcast. My name is Joe, I'm the MD of Big Orange Media. We are a full-service marketing agency based in Kent in the UK and Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And today I'm joined by Matt Lucas, our one and only head of film and motion graphic. And today we're going to be talking about video with a podcast entitled So You Want to Make a Video. So without further ado, do you want to say hello, Matthew? Hey, everybody. Um, <laughs> hope you enjoyed our podcast to date. Um, this is, what, number four now, I think? We had a two-part episode, but this is number four. Yeah, technically, this is the fifth podcast, but the, uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the fourth in the series yes. of our podcasts. There you go, to be specific. So, yeah, um, obviously, a huge amount has happened uh, over the last 10 months. A lot of that has impacted the way that videos are, are received, are viewed online. Nowadays, whether you're 9 or 92, it's likely that you've been exposed to some form of video conferencing platform. <laughs> so so is the fact that you don't go completely stir crazy, not being able to see anybody. But today we wanted to talk a little bit about what the impacts of, uh, of all that has been on uh, video in a marketing perspective. So we're going to go into how video platforms have have, have taken a much more forward-facing role in delivering some of that content. We're going to talk to you about Big Orange and how we've seen the department grow, develop and change. And also talk to you in some detail about if you want to create a video, what you need to consider and obviously the important things to, to take on board when setting out on that journey. So, Matt, why don't we start with a little bit of a chat about mm. how things like Teams and Zoom and WebEx and whatever your choice of video conferencing poison. <laughs> <laughs> there are quite a few out there, aren't there? And I've, one thing I've also found that's quite interesting is that some people are very um, protective of their specific type, their specific brand of streaming. Because um, uh, I think, uh, not that, not this is a big orange endorsement, but we use Zoom probably rather more than, than anything else. But um, yeah. whenever sometimes I, I, we have clients that use uh, Teams or or uh, the Google ones, etc., they're like, oh, I can't, oh, I can't use Zoom, <laughs> etc. So I'll just throw you off. Yeah, I did a WebEx the other day and that was uh, like, you know, stop. Yeah. Exchange. It was quite challenging. Yeah, from <laughs> yeah, it's strange. But there are so many of them out there now. And I think when we first started, or when the pandemic first came in, I think the office would erupt and say, you know, anybody who bought shares in Zoom would have their pockets oh, yeah. lined now. Um, it's just become oh. such an integral part of daily life, whether we like it or not. But an essential communication tool. And as you as you pointed out, the fact that um, technology is is where it's at. Whilst we're dealing with this this global pandemic, if you'd imagine this happened ten or fifteen years ago, it just wouldn't have been there. That this 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 kind of technology just wouldn't have been as readily available for folks to be able to stay in touch. At the moment, this podcast is is being recorded remotely. We're in two different locations, and we're actually using the Zoom conferencing again. Not an endorsement. There are many others out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, we it, just like. Zoom. We just yeah. What can we say? But yeah, you know, it, it just allows for that that personal touch in in a way. But it's but the, the key part of that is that we could do this on a, on a telephone call, or we could do this on even a web call. But having video and being able to see the other person and being able to see their their reactions, good, bad, or, or indifferent, allows a conversation and communication uh, to be to be done better and to be done more personable. And I think that's what video brings. Certainly in the digital space, that's why things like Zoom and, and WebEx and all of those things uh, have succeeded and are used so frequently, especially also for education. I think that's one of the things that, that we've all missed is that, that human contact. And, and actually, if you imagine not being able to, to, 
you know, jump on a computer and see, you know, another friendly face, I think, you know, it would have made this whole situation much harder. Mm. But I, I also think that, you know, one of the things we've noted is that it's become so colloquial that people would rather just say, do you want to hop on a Teams or hop on a mm. Zoom or whatever, rather than actually just use the good old landline and pick up the <laughs> phone and have a conversation with somebody. I mean, that sounds so archaic nowadays. It's interesting to see whether that's industry specific, though, because yeah. I feel like it probably crosses all industries. Obviously, there are some that are more manual than others that maybe don't, but even in those industries, you still need at some point to be able to have that face-to-face communication for a lot of things. It's very interesting to think about the, the impact of all of that on ultimately what was already a huge tool in, uh, in marketing a business. And I think that's p- part of what we're going to be getting mm. into is how we consume video content. As a people across the world, how our habits have changed and actually how our, I suppose, our hand has been forced really in terms of consumption of video. And it is, you know, according to a study that was done last year by True Film Production, it's something like 82% of all traffic on the internet was video based. Wow. Um, which is an insane amount of content to be video related. And that's something from our point of view, we've certainly seen how we've had to ch- change up some of the things that, that, that we've been doing to keep you know, the content that we produce for clients interesting mm. and engaging. And actually that because it's probably oversaturated, I, I, would, I, I would suggest, it's so much more important now to think about what that video should do for you as a business and how actually you want to get that message across in a way that doesn't bombard people with mm. you know stuff they don't care about um, but ultimately does inform them and engage them and get them to take an action and I know that's something that we've had to you know we, we've worked quite hard on creating content like that. I think the important thing to remember as well is that, again, sort of alluding to what I was saying about Zoom being available um, or you know, video conferencing in general being available, is the fact that we now have the technology to be able to create and receive high-quality video production um, online very, very, very easily. That's not to say that all content that's created uh, is, is polished and, and looks great, etc., and, and has, has exactly what we're going we're gonna to delve into shortly in terms of how to get the best out of your video. But ultimately, it, it, as you say, there was a point potentially where it was sort of rising and then, you know, broadband came kicked in and we're going back a little bit here now but you actually had the download speeds to be able to deal with a good yeah. quality video um, and then obviously getting into HD etc and being able to stream things even in 4k so then having that asset being used if you think about YouTube I think there was a point where YouTube was like a maximum of 10 minutes per video and you couldn't do anything yeah. you think now there are ones that are, there <laughs> there are even videos on YouTube days. that are, yeah there's like 10 hours of <laughs> static if you want to watch it it's there go go get it I don't know but you, the point I'm trying to make is technology moving on um, to allow that to be such an easily accessible thing that it's in it's in your hand and in, in, in your smartphone, um, you know, on your smart TV, all these kinds of things. That just goes to show the, the, the point at which you're now, you can now utilize video a lot better um, than you could do, say, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I think it was just creeping in properly. And now, now we're, we're definitely, it's part of that. And that, so that HT percent is a, a high figure, but it doesn't surprise me. No, no, absolutely. I think it's, um, you know, it, it was it's always going to happen. It's just, it's interesting how that's, probably accelerated mm. um, you know in in, in, in the past um, you know few months you know what with this and that mm. <laughs> um, so it's more about how to get the best out of it then how to how to ensure that the content that you can create for your your business um, is is gonna sort of get head and shoulders above the rest yeah absolutely 
So I think that's one thing we'll, we'll sort of delve into now in terms of the type of content that we've produced. Ultimately, you've put together a lot of that, you know, us as an agency, and how in the, the time the business has been established, the changes that we've seen, because certainly in 2020, uh, you know, unfortunately, we weren't able to do as much sort of on-site stuff mm. for, for, for obvious reasons. But actually, when we, you know, the sort of restrictions were loosened, we, we certainly did see a real uptick in things like live events, mm. where those live events were sort of, you know, broadcast to a virtual audience who usually would be there in person, but 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 couldn't be. I imagine that's something that that, that we're going to see more of, even when you know certain restrictions have been lifted. I imagine that that type of environment where you don't have to leave your house to go somewhere, for certain things might yeah. I add, I'm certainly not suggesting that a virtual events will in any way overtake live events. I think in, in, in specific contexts that sort of happy medium between mm. the, 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 the two might be something that people start to adopt. I think it kind of falls in line a little bit with what we were talking about on podcast one in terms of working from home and working in the office. I think, yeah. you know, once we're at the position where uh, restrictions can start to be lifted and people can go back to work and, and start to get back to, quote unquote, their normal lives, I, I think that this this time would be a good indicator as to how we can use this technology better uh, when it comes to those, those times where things are a bit more sort of free for folks to yeah. go about and do what they need to do. And also re- reaching a wider audience, um, but certainly the idea of having people on the ground who can make it, but also not restricting the access to whatever it is that you're providing be that entertainment, be that a seminar, be that any any kind of um, information you want to disseminate. You can do that in person, but you can also get that online audience because these tools are there. They're easy to use. And also, you know, it just adds that additional audience for what you're looking to try and produce. It'd be really interesting, um, those of you that are listening, obviously, if you just, you know, want to drop us a, a little note to say how many of you have mm. gone live in some capacity. Certainly at the start of 2020, it was... Most clients we spoke to, that was something that they were very apprehensive about doing themselves. Yeah, yeah. And probably the thought of just you know broadcast live to your entire Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube following, whatever, struck the fear of God yeah. into their hearts. But I, I imagine that's probably gone up quite a lot. The fact that you can engage with your audience in a way that uh, is instant and actually from the point of view of video being such a huge part of a marketing strategy that actually being able to to do that certainly we've helped a lot of people this year overcome fears per se but create an environment where they can produce a more Mm. polished live broadcast rather than you know sort of holding your your smartphone up against your face and you know talking about everything that you've got going on which we, we also really implore I think you know that sort of on the fly content is something that that has had a real Mm. massive uptick this year because that's what we've been able to facilitate that's what we've all been able to do if you're you know sitting at home you can create that type of video but i think yeah it would be interesting to see how many people have done that and how many people are interested in including that as part of their sort of video strategy moving forward into the rest of 21 and, and into the future it's an integral part of how video works online so in that space i think it's become normalized now to be able to do that certainly we created a video in the middle of lockdown in my in my front room sort of giving a, a top 
top 10 guide, which is still available. You can get hold of that. We can put links in, in the description for that. Just to give you an idea of how to set up sort of a relatively low budget, but uh, high quality uh, production, certainly yes. if you're streaming live. Little things like just getting the lighting correct and ensuring that the you know, noise is down, all those sorts of things, they're, they're all in that list. I think the fact that it's sort of born out a necessity that you you have to uh, film these things in, in, in your own space, be that in, in your own house, or if you are working from uh, an office or something, that that's a location that's, that's secure. Um, but, but, but doing it by yourself. And I think that fits into a certain aspect of, of video online. There's obviously still productions going on. We did a couple of them last year, all COVID secure, but ultimately it's a good way of having them sit side by side. And as you mentioned, Joe, you know, we've been certainly with the clients that we work with from a social media perspective, we've always been quite keen to ensure that we do create that sort of crisp, on-brand, well, well-produced content, mm-hmm. but not dismissing the idea of, I'm actually in the business today. I have my phone. This is a very important, fun, exciting thing that's happening I'm going to take a photo of it and I'm going to post that and encouraging those two things side by side is key so I think in the video aspect of, of being able to do that as you just mentioned the two sit side by side and, and yeah. now people are a little bit more sort of prepared or you know because it's become perhaps. yeah it's been normalised hasn't it so people can yeah. kind of ex- understand how the process works and you know I've seen so and so do it I, I'll, I'll give it a go so yeah. I think that, that kind of, that those two things work together I think that's that's a really valid point it's born out of necessity and actually people because they've done it a few times now feel like this isn't so bad you know even if i trip over my words or say something that perhaps it's human yeah exactly and that's that's that authenticity yeah people respond to you much much more by thinking that you're not just a you know sort of sort of faceless hello like an ai bot or something you know (laughs) you actually if you stumble over your words like ah okay you know well that's what we've always encouraged as well with production of video content is we haven't ever really suggested to people that they write a script yes um, because that does tend to lend itself to, to sounding slightly more robotic and, 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 you know, for want of a better word, cardboard. I mean, and we are all trying to create authentic content. We are trying to, to show our potential customers um, who we are as people and why they should engage us. And that's ultimately what, you know, from a marketing point of view, a video is kind of a, a window into uh, that environment. Absolutely. Um, for, for, for people, I think. Okay. So I think it would be quite interesting now, maybe just to t- touch on some of the trends that we've seen change over the last five years. And actually, you know, in terms of the type of things that we've produced to what we're producing now, mm. um, what would you say the most notable change has been in that time? I think people's willingness, again, it's a little bit like um, with the streaming side of it, people's willingness to invest in video as a way of communicating their business or their services, their products, has become a lot more sort of palatable. And I think that in part is just due to, so, you know, over the past nearly five years since since Big Orange uh, was created, being able to say to somebody, we can do this for you, we can create something that's of good quality um, on, a, on a great budget, and it's going to do something for you. I think people are more prepared, again, because they may be more accepting of having been sold to themselves um, from others mm-hmm. online with video. Just being able to do it in a way that creates something that is on brand, gets the message across, 
And a little, a lot of that's got to do with the planning, which I'll go into shortly. But just being able to, you know, not just sort of dismiss it as, oh, that's going to be too much to do at once. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be lumbering cameras everywhere. And certainly some custodians as well, people who, you know, the, the, the clients, the, the, the managing directors or the people who feel that they need to be in the video, uh, being, being afraid of being on film. That's still very much a thing. <laughs> I think some folks will always be a little bit camera shy and that's absolutely fine. I think that the willingness for people to sort of let their guard down a little bit and, and so on has become a little bit more, again, probably uh, let on by, by what's happening at the moment because they've kind of been forced to be in a camera on a Zoom call. Um, yeah. They become more comfortable with it. That's the thing that I've noticed the most is that people are more open and willing to to see video as a way of communicating their brand and business and also potentially be a part of that video. Absolutely. I t- totally agree with that sentiment. I think it's not that even five years ago it, it was you know hugely different but i feel like now you know people don't see it as a big cinematic production anymore we strive to create very high quality output from all the video content mm. we produce and obviously i think that you know really biased of course as the md of the company but i think that rings true in everything that we've done but i think one of the key things has been the narrative and what and being able to tell a story and that's yep. If I think back to, you know, specifically the RVT, the, the Royal Vauxhall Tavern projects mm. that we uh, undertook, the fantastic LGBTQ plus venue in, in London, very proud to work with James and, 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 the, and the guys up there. Um, but just being able to think about how we'd, you know, structure a narrative around such an iconic venue mm. uh, and create something that has a lasting impact, which I, I genuinely think it does. We talked about authentic content earlier, and I think that... You know, again, you know, tooting our own horn here, but I think that does ultimately cover a lot of those credentials. And you know, for that project and many others, I think that that's really been something that over the course of time we've put a huge focus on: is how can we distill the key elements of mm. uh, of, of somebody's business and present them in a way to people they feel like they're they're there mm. or they know those people. And I think that. To me, uh, you know, it, it is one of the, the real key things to uh, creating great, memorable video content. Especially for the Royal Vauxhall Tavern. I, I, and I've mentioned this a, a lot over the time that we've been producing content ourselves about the things that we've done. But for, for me with RVT, I was the, the best of the, that we did three videos for them. The, the last one that we did, which was sitting down and discussing things in a slightly documentary style with uh, with some of the performers and and James, the, the you know, the, the owner and, and so on. And ha- just being there on that day, um, that was really special because you got to see that passion. You, th- th- there was no script. We didn't say to everybody, "Okay, you need to turn up and you need to talk." You know about the RVT. You need to make sure everything sounds good. As like, we didn't have to say any of that. Literally, it was just, "What does it mean to you? Tell us about your experience." And it, the content just flows because you have the right people talking about the right stuff. They love that place. It's it's a, a safe haven. It's a bastion of um, LGBTQ. Uh, cabaret and all that kind of stuff and it's 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 just we filmed a whole afternoon of stuff and i think we ended up making a film that was no longer than sort of maybe five or six minutes we could have had a whole half an hour feature out of the stuff that we got from (laughs) so when you've got people like that when you've got people who are invested obviously that's a very special thing because it's entertainment it's people's lives it's um you know it's uh, certainly um from you know the, the lgbtq scene it's very important that they have that Maybe that's not something that you would have in every industry, um, certainly. But if, 
if you have, but the the idea is if you find somebody who's passionate about what they do, you will you yeah, you don't exactly. need to do anything. They will guide you. They're the custodians of the information and the passion, and they will drive forward that narrative. So that's something that even before we did that, if we were working in in other industries that potentially could be perceived as being different from from yeah. from uh, a cabaret venue, um, but still, you know, there's somebody in that business that's like. Hey, hey, this 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 guy or this gal, this, they, they really know what they're talking about. They love this. If you catch hold of them, they'll tell the story for you, and then it's just being able to put it into a, a position that people can understand. Totally. I think we've approached every video project we've done in a similar vein, I think. You know, it, it's, it really is all about that storytelling. And, mm. we, you know, we, we, we're very lucky that we've worked with all sorts of different businesses from, yeah, hospitality to education, professional services. I mean, uh, and, you know, th they are all different. And that's one of the important things to consider is how, as, um, you know, content creators, we have to be aware of how people perceive things in different ways mm. and how people behave differently in front of, behind a camera, and actually that you get the best out of them by having a conversation and putting them at ease. So, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. So you have decided you want to make a video as a business and you're thinking about the key things that are involved in that, what would you say they are, Matt, as a, uh, as a professional within that space? I think the number one key important thing to start out with, you've made the decision to use video online to promote your brand, to promote your company, your business. The number one important thing to understand is what do you want to get from this what what is the end goal it's the roi what what's the what's the what's the point basically if you want to cut to it yeah what's your the point? home run yeah ex exactly yeah, yeah thank you it's a big old baseball <laughs> he knows he's um, uh, yeah <laughs> baseball references will get me every time it was do you know what it was used in that um oh, i've just watched super size me too okay. with morgan spurlock which was filmed last year i won't give it away but that's a they used a marketing agency in that where they used the phrase a home run which i thought was very interesting what what do you want people to say about uh, your business when they leave. I yeah. think that's you know evidently you know very important and very true from a video perspective. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, you, you <laughs> need you need to know you need to know what it is that you're trying to say, and you want to you need to know what it is that people will take away from that message. And that comes down to a handful of things. Um, and this is something that we speak about a lot. When we do our, uh, our initial uh, conversations with clients new or whether we're pitching for work, et cetera, one of the key things when it comes to video content is what do you want your video to say? Who do you want to say it to? Uh, which platform do you think is best to put that on because not all of them are saying we all know this that Facebook is not YouTube YouTube is not Instagram Instagram is not you know all, it, th there are so many different ways LinkedIn for example there are so many different voices and audiences that you, you need to, to to knuckle down and choose not necessarily just one um, but just to understand when you're creating content that it will be different for each and then then just sort of basically get the idea of okay I know where I want it to go I know what audience I, I want to hear it and these are the people that I feel are going to understand the video and they're going to be the ones that interact with it, engage with it, ultimately is, the, is the, the main crux of what we do with it and then either from there go on and, and uh, buy the product or you know take on the services or, or, or uh, engage with the brand. But it's just so important to get that first because uh, you know there are a lot of people that we've spoken to over the, over the years who understand the importance of video they understand it's, a, it's, a, it's something that needs to be, that's, that's great to do, but don't necessarily understand, you know, where to, to put it or, or, or how to market it thereafter, which is something, yeah, again, the that, that, yeah, exactly. Something that we do as well, obviously, as creating the video is in a lot of projects that we've done is also help to market that video um, to best effect. Um, and so that's the first thing I would say. Know where you want to put it, 
know what uh, audience you want to see it and, and what you want the output to be. And then you can start thinking about, right, how, how am I going to get my, my product or my service across? And obviously we offer a range of different things. We do things that are uh, shot uh, physically with the film. We go out on location. Certainly at the moment COVID secure, well, not necessarily right now, but certainly in the summer when we were able to do things, including that Royal Vauxhall Tavern shoot, all COVID secure, um, making sure that that's all in place. Yeah. And uh, so obviously we do on, on, on location shoots. We also do a, a whole lot of motion graphics, which again is great from a branding perspective for short videos and, and things like that. And we've done projects that have been anywhere from 30 seconds long to in some cases, 15 minutes long. So that's the first step, I'd say. Yeah, I'd echo that. We've worked with a number of businesses over the years that have used the services of, of other companies and have had a beautiful and, uh, and engaging pieces of, of video content created, but they gather dust on a YouTube channel that no <sighs> oh, one ever that's visits. the worst, isn't it? I know, it's the right kicker. can't tell you how many times I've been doing a bit of searching, a bit of digging around on, online, looking at potential clients or looking just in general at, at businesses to understand where they sit with their video proposition. And you're right, and you sort of think, oh, I'll just have a quick look on their Vimeo or their YouTube or their whatever and you find this sometimes these little pieces of gold great greatly created content and, and whichever agency it is that they've gone to to create that they've done a, a bang up job but you're right it's it's two years old and it's collecting dust in a youtube channel with 14 views most of which are yeah. likely to be the employees of said company exactly exactly and you exactly. sort of think oh goodness me i really wish that they the missed opportunity to absolutely and i think that's the part of the holistic approach and it is very important whomever you use and however mm. you create that content, be it sort of animated motion or, or indeed video content, is what do you want it to do for you? You know, what's, what, what is that end goal? Mm. And when you put it out there, how are you going to be reacting to that sort of stuff? We do a, a huge amount of work, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, on paid social and mm. paid search. Video is a huge player in those uh, fields, obviously, in terms of the type of content that, that's created. It's all about getting that message across in a way that can, you know, really engage your potential customer and ultimately get them to to get in contact with you so yeah i'd say absolutely that it's hugely important to think about what you want it to do mm. rather than just you want to make a nice culture video like it should have a, a purpose yes um, over and above just being a promotion for the company so I think that's that's the first thing um, that you need to get under your belt. And then, as I said, as we mentioned, in terms of finding the right people either to be involved in it, and that doesn't necessarily mean on screen, it's just identifying, you know, if, uh, say, for example, you're the MD or CEO of a company and you, you've decried that you, you want something, if it's coming from a, a marketing department, we've had all sorts of different stakeholders in businesses come to us and ask us to, to create videos or we've, we've started projects with them. It's not always the same person. Sometimes it is the head honcho, if you like, or, or sometimes it's, you know, somebody who's in a specific department that's been tasked with doing that they're not necessarily the person that's gonna as i said have the driving force and the passion so it's identifying that individual within the business that's that's gonna have that information that's gonna have that that usp if you like yes sometimes obviously we do have those conversations with the the, the main people and the main players in the business because they are the most informed people because it's, it's their business um for yeah. example if i felt like i was gonna if i was outside of uh, big orange media and i was coming gonna come and do a video about it i would i would probably sort of start out talking to you because you've lived well. and breathed it for for <laughs> five years um <laughs> Whether we get a good video out of it or not is completely well, exactly. <laughs> that, that is that is that entirely debatable, of course. But yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a really valid point. There are lots and lots of different credentials that go into pro producing and you know being able to articulate yourself well on video. Sometimes you don't you just don't know whether you're going to be any good at it until mm. you start doing it. And from someone who has certainly learnt mm -hmm. <laughs> about being on video can take a number of goes to get it right, I'd, I'd definitely say that it's practice 
doesn't necessarily make perfect, but it certainly makes you a lot better. I think the early days, all the video content that we produced that certainly I featured on was in a fair amount of blooper reels, you know, profanity-laden content that we could only really use for said blooper reel. But that was an Um, early lesson for us as well, because I think when we were doing that, and this was really before we expanded the video department to where it is now, we did write down a lot of stuff and we did sort of try to learn our lines as it were. It's a little bit evident. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that's the case because we learned from it. And you look at the videos and the content that we do now and you can see that the ease with which we're discussing what we're doing because we do it day in, day out and because we are the people that have that information inside of us. And we shot some videos early on where we did have people who were scripted. And if you're, if you're not prepared, if you're not somebody who's done that before, it can make it very very difficult if you're going to use scripting and you're not familiar with how that works and you end up with your eyes darting across the screen because you're literally reading a piece of paper in front of you that will look stilted that will look very staged because it is staged and we where we possibly can we try to avoid that as much as possible because we know that even if it takes two or three hours to get out 30 seconds worth of content there will be some gold in people trusting in themselves and what they know about the business that they're trying to sell and, and, and the products that they're trying to get across that we're 10 times better and more engaging and more real than yeah. a 10 minute shoot with somebody reading off a piece of paper that looks a bit like a robot yeah uh, yeah. also I think once you do that if you get it wrong you can work yourself up speaking from yes. personal experience into a point where you're like I simply can't get the words that I want to get out out. I think it, in our perspective, it's important for anybody listening to this to think about. We're not saying don't prepare. Absolutely. <laughs> what we're suggesting is more that you learn the key points, key narrative points that you want to get across in what you're saying, but that really is best delivered in this conversational style. You'll get so much more interaction that way because people feel like they're kind of sitting in a room listening to you rather than... It's not 1997. Hi, we're Tony's Double Glazing. You can buy from... I don't know how Tony's Double Glazing are doing. Very well, I'm sure. But but you know what I mean when I say that. Me neither. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, preparation, as I say. So I I don't want to undermine the preparation side of it. You're absolutely right. You you do need to to know what it is. And that kind of goes into what I was saying in in the first part. Know your audience, know what you want to say. But don't end degree it. Don't feel like you have to hit every word on every marker. Certainly with the content that we create, there are some situations where it's, it's, it's very important important to get that right. Um, Certainly if you're talking about uh, very specific processes or machinery or things like that, we've got a a lot of clients that we work with that do do need that specificity. And nine times out of 10, actually, because those people who are on those videos are talking about it in that that in-depth way, they know yeah. that already. So they would have had to say that to somebody either in a conference call or, you know, write it out, etc. For me, it's having that information ahead of time, knowing where you want to put it, having the person that you feel is going to be the most at ease or certainly is going to have the most knowledge on the product to be involved in it. And then when it comes to the production side of it, obviously we help with that, but making sure the nuts and bolts of it, the fact that it's in, in good quality, it's lit properly, uh, the audio is done correctly, all this sort of thing, that, that's taken care of, you would like to think, by the agency. I think, I think we've done a, yeah, a so. good... A good job over it but when it comes to the post-production is ensuring that you've got somebody that is the sign-off when you have people who have multiple stakeholders looking to put feedback onto one piece of content and i think this is this is fair to say across the board but it's always useful to have condensed feedback so that you get the best out of the time that you would put into that i think multiple stakeholders can make things a little bit tricky from time to time certainly with video and if they're yes. involved in it yes absolutely. i think that's, that's probably true across the board in 
all creative businesses, whether that's video or, or any you know or any other project that, that we would undertake. I think it's important to collate feedback Absolutely. and ensure that that's delivered in a way that we can action it or an agency can action sure. it in a point by point rather than wouldn't it be nice if could we just see these are uh, things that, that come with the territory from our point of view but uh, everything we do is all about making sure it's the best possible quality for the output for the customer without you know having to go in the orchard too many times okay so that's bringing us to the end of our podcast for today and we're just going to do a little bit of a roundup of some of the things we've learnt. so you know first and foremost it, it is indeed thinking about the application of your video content and what you want want that video content to do ensuring that it's not just sort of you're creating something on a whim but you know having a purpose and a structure to that evidently that's something that we as uh, big orange could help you create or indeed any marketing agency that you choose or wherever in the world you may be um, but it's very important to have that idea in your head initially so we can help put together sort of storyboards mm. um, and come up with those initial treatments as a first pass if you had anything to that matt at all i know that's just the essential thing um, um, and I think that could be true really across the board for most things, for, for anything from a creative, uh, from a marketing perspective, is just have an idea of exactly what it is that you're trying to say. It's 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 kind of 101, isn't it, really? But certainly from a video perspective, just understanding what it is you want to say and where you think it's best to be said. Uh, number two would be choosing the people that feel the most comfortable in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. It's really important to ensure that you feel prepared, you feel comfortable and you feel happy with what you're saying. And ultimately, as human beings, we all have slightly different skill sets. So that's you know, very much something that is important. And also that you have a variation, if possible, of more than one person mm. talking, um, certainly dependent on the length of the video. And if you're talking about multiple different departments or multiple different aspects of your business, um, you know, find the key stakeholders for that. And it will only broaden the voices that you'll have to to what you're saying. So thirdly, uh, it's super important when feeding back on projects because inevitably there will be rounds of amends to, to get things right. I don't think anybody's ever worked on a project and got it right first time. Certainly when you are collating that feedback to any agency or to anybody that's working on it, ensure it's coming through uh, one person, uh, it's collated. There will undoubtedly be many people in the business that have uh, some sort of involvement in the process, which is absolutely fine. But we've often found that the best way to ensure that that feedback is dealt with and also it's, it's worked on and, and gotten correct is to come through uh, one uh, point of contact and then it also ensures that everybody kind of is happy so that's a that's a really important thing and also that then the video that is created at the end of the day meets what we said in, in the first part it actually meets that target and it is what people will be able to use to sell and to enter to, to buy online and fourth and uh, finally to conclude the podcast it's really all about what you're doing with that video where that piece of motion graphic content is going to go don't just put it on a YouTube channel that doesn't have any subscribers. It is absolutely vital that it is used in a way that is going to get you more engagement, more business, more interaction. Um, there are plenty of, uh, of of tutorials and free tools on. Uh, you know, you can just search in Google. You know how to do initial video marketing campaigns using Facebook. Um, alternatively, obviously, as uh, as an agency, we can help you do that. But I would suggest that whichever social channel that you 
that you are using or, or you intend for this video content to go on, that you invest a little bit of time in putting together a strategy of mm. how you're going to get it to those people. Because that's what you've invested in. You want people to see your business. You don't want it just to be seen by people that are already familiar with the products mm. and services that you offer. It's about extending that wider network and actually getting some real tangible results from it. And, uh, you know, of course, they will differ depending on what your objectives are for that video. But I think the overarching point we're saying is ensure that it goes somewhere, mm. you know, and it's not just a uh, wrong word, but we use it, a vanity project. I think that's important to mention. It, it it can end up being that way sometimes. You've created this, you've you've, you've invested in it, as you say, you've, you've put money behind it. And now it's time for it to do what what it was intended to do, and um, yeah, it's it's thinking about is this is this about getting business, you know, is this something that's going to be more corporate that's best put onto LinkedIn? Is this something that's a little bit more sort of um, you know jovial and, and relaxed and and could be on Instagram? Is this something where I'm trying to to have a a, a stance, a political point, or a, a, to to make a statement which could be perhaps best done on Twitter because hmm. everybody likes to make a point on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> face it um you know all of these or is it going to be something actually that is 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 uh, ex- exploring your creative side and could be good and used on on youtube or vimeo or, or one of those platforms there's a whole plethora of different ways to get your content out there and it's as important to, to discover where it goes as it is making it and making it right okay that brings us to the end of our podcast for today i'm gonna say goodbye joe and goodbye joe <laughs> <laughs> no thanks everybody for listening of course we we will try and get these podcasts out what once every month we've got some great ones coming up and we can't wait to share them with you don't forget you can like share and subscribe um absolutely to this podcast absolutely. Uh, we are on apple Podcasts and spotify as well we put it up on the website and if you've got a question you can email us at podcasts at bigorangemedia.co.uk. Um, we won't reply to you, of course, but, uh, you know, do, <laughs> I'm joking, of course. We will. Keep a lookout for new podcasts. We're going to be, yeah, as Matt said, putting one out every month from various different people within the business. And also um, we've got some great guests lined mm, up yes. for the rest of the year. So keep a lookout. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks, everyone.